0: Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's my show.
1: Hey, put a little. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey, put a little. Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the
2: bulldog.
3: What's your degree in?
2: Kicking ass and taking names.
3: On WGR Sports Radio five fifty.
1: Welcome back. I am pleased to say that it is clearing up a little bit here in Western New York. The pictures of the city are crazy. Saw the county executive polling cars just tweeted how like Syracuse, hazardous. Erie County, much better. New York City. Holy cow, you see Yankee Stadium and, yes. and City Field? Like yes. orange, bright orange skies just wow. Speaking of, uh, not really, baseball, but happy to be joined by Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original, featuring the most notable names in MLB and all-around sports every week. Hi, Brett. I think I saw you talk to Bucky Dent today.
3: Yeah, I talked to Bucky. Interesting. It's the first time we'd really uh, – Bucky coast against me. He was with the Texas Rangers when I was in Seattle. Uh, but we really haven't crossed paths too often. It was, it was cool catching up with him and just – Going back to that time in history, uh, you know, with with the home run and and just that time in baseball history, it's it's cool for me because that's my childhood. Obviously, I love uh, you know the the time of my career, as most players do. But a lot of my fondest memories are from those '70s teams. You know, when I was mm-hmm. following Dad around with the Phillies and and Bucky Dent, that, that was a, a big time for that for that Yankees when it was truly the Bronx Zoo. So he kind of filled me in a little bit. It was cool catching up.
1: Yeah. That is one I like to watch old sports, get nostalgic. Uh and that's right in my wheelhouse wheelhouse too. We're all the three of us are all pretty much the same age. And that is a very rewatchable game, that Bucky Dent game. I don't know if Bulldog has made his piece <laughs> as a Boston fan, but uh I mean the something about the the the, the light in that stadium that day, Brett, if you know yeah. it, I mean, just like that is a uh that is a great game to watch back. So if you're into that.
3: Yeah, very cool. And and him and uh, and my brother, you know, they have a little bit. They share a little bit of a moment. Both hit big home runs in in Yankee yeah. history. The difference right. was is that time in history, you know, the Boston had never beat the Yankees, and I think the city of Boston finally thought we've got them. And then all of a sudden, you don't have them. And, I, and it was interesting because you, you hear fans say Bucky F and Dent. That's where it all started. Yeah. And I said. Was he really like that? He said, Brett, I'm telling you, when I first hit that home run and the time thereafter, he said, I think they really hated me. I wouldn't want to go out in Boston. He said, now when I go there, I take my family. If somebody figures out who I am. Uh, they're very welcoming, and they and they kind of say Bucky F and Dent with a, with a <laughs> smile
2: on their face. Yeah, it's kind of it's funny and endearing now. I, that's how I feel. Right, making, right. Make, making my peace about it is the Red Sox winning four World Series from 2004 to 2018, whenever the fourth one was um that that works like it it erases all the old wounds i don't hate the mets like i did because of 86 i don't hate bucky or your brother uh as as much as i did before 2004
1: that is how that goes i guess
2: yeah so go ahead that, that 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 your your brother's home run though might be the i i was out with mike we've been working together a long time uh and we were out watching that game uh at a joint in the neighborhood and i had to leave as soon as that home run got hit because i thought i'm about to start crying in public i was so upset (laughs) you know i was was a grown man so it hurt it hurt yeah
3: i was in the booth that night with fox and and that was when they were first doing that third man in the booth and i was with buck and with uh timmy mccarver Wow. And I'll tell you, Aaron had such a rough series that, that, that I was kind of giving him the big brother pep talk the night before I left his room and I thought, good luck to that guy because he's, he's he's down as it could be. I kind of said, hey, you, you do a little something tomorrow, you hit a sacrifice fly, you turn a big double play, they're going to forget how bad you've been this postseason. I, little did I know what was coming. And uh, right. I remember being in the booth and just being kind of overwhelmed uh emotionally how happy i was for him because i know that guy 24 hours ago how he was feeling and that i couldn't imagine how he was feeling around in those bases. Re- really cool moment.
1: wow cool thanks brett would forgotten that you were uh working in that capacity then with brett boone here on the west Her hotline biggest story in baseball last couple of days jacob de brett how can we appreciate like sort of the the anger or the sadness or the frustration for Degrom, I mean, for years this has been now culminating, or the latest development: Tommy John surgery, missing a year, maybe more. What do you think it feels like?
3: Well, I think for him it's got to be as frustrating as I could imagine. You know, I think of a Strasburg who's having similar things, just can't seem to get that health together for an extended period. I think of a Paxton who's now with the Boston Red Sox, uh, but these Ranger teams—I've been paying close attention to them this year, and and they're for real. I mean, I watched that team up and down. That offense is unbelievable. I think the best in baseball, uh, Evaldi emerged as a true number one starter. Johnny Gray, who, who spent many years in Colorado, really in May could have been the pitcher of the month if it wasn't for Evaldi. Dunning's come out of the pen. Now he's starting. Perez has done a nice job. Top to bottom, they're pretty good. They're 40 and 20 leading in division. Houston's always going to be lurking in that division. But for me to consider them a real World Series caliber type team, you got to have DeGrom to pair him with a Ball I've always said that, and then I heard that news, and I'm kind of going, "Oh wow!" Now, as a player, from a player's perspective, you get the news. Obviously, a guy like DeGrom, when healthy on the mound, probably the best pitcher in the world. And all of a sudden, you're told, "Nope, he's going under. He's going to have surgery. You're going to miss him for a year." As a player, yes, that's kind of a down moment. But what they're doing right now in Texas, they're not gonna miss a beat. They've got they've got they've got work to do, they've got to play today. So that's not gonna really affect that clubhouse uh going forward. But yeah, definitely a huge blow to the Rangers. And we'll see if they're gonna get active at the trading deadline. I think, you know, I look up and down that pitching's been great. They're third in the, the American league. Uh hittings obviously top the top the league. Uh, if I if I want to really parse and pick apart their team, I, I think they could add to the bullpen. And in 2023, that's a big part of today's Major League Baseball is that bullpen and having that power pen, you know, like mm-hmm. a Rays, like a Houston Astro, mm-hmm. like a Yankees when they're healthy. So that might be something they look to other than trying to get a number one starter. Everybody wants a number one starter. I think people are starting to talk right now about the Cleveland Indians and a, and a Shane Beaver being available. I think they're crazy in that division to make him available this year. I think they still have a chance to win Cleveland. But uh, so, if someone like that became available at the trading deadline, Rangers might go after something like that. We'll see. But a lot of people are going to be after him. But uh, that Ranger team right now, top to bottom, they're clicking. They're really good.
2: How about DeGrom himself? Like Mike already alluded to it. the, the You know, it's it, it's been – you know, not one thing after another exactly. I mean, he's had pockets of obviously dom- dominant performances, but there's been you know soreness, DL stint here, there. It just seems like he can't just stay right. Um, like I wonder how frustrating it is for him to have to keep and and now the mother of all rehabs. You got to come back from yeah. you know the big the big you know elbow ligament surgery.
3: You know, it's tough to kind of put myself in his position. I was pretty fortunate throughout my career to stay relatively healthy. You know, I went on the IL, DL at the time, uh, only one time. I missed some time um, for a knee injury. But I was pretty able to stay healthy my entire career. I played with players, and it seemed like, man, whether it was bad luck, whether it was how their DNA was, how they were designed physically, they just couldn't seem to stay on the field. And I I often wondered, you know, as a young player, you think, are you just not as tough as I am (laughs) or are we just built differently? I, I think it's, it's just, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Why are some guys so prone to injury year after year after year? And some guys seem to just go, relatively unscathed and have tremendous careers. It's, it's something I can't answer. Cause like I said, I was on the ladder. I, I was fortunate enough that I stayed relatively healthy. I got banged up here and there, but I was able to stay on the field. Something like that. I think it's a combination. It's, is your physicality, how you're put together, how you were born. And, and uh, maybe some string of bad luck, but yeah, for him, uh, Man, I couldn't put myself in in, in his shoes. The times that I was hurt, it was the worst thing I could imagine coming to the ballpark because you're there and you're used to being in that team atmosphere every day, grinding it out with your teammates every day. And when you're hurt, you're on the shelf, and, and you're not eligible to play, you feel like you're getting in everybody's way. I had to do it only a few times, but those are some of the worst times in my career just coming to the clubhouse with my guys that I go to battle with every night Couldn't contribute. It wasn't even on the roster, and I felt like I was in their way, which is a weird feeling. But it's something that, as players, we go through.
1: With Brett Boone, Odyssey Insider, Mike Shope, and the Bulldog WGR, Brett, let's talk some AL East. So, Tampa still rolling. Baltimore. I mean, that's a nice record. Two teams of major interest here: Yankees, Blue Jays. Two games apart in the standings, right around the cusp of the wild card. Uh, teams here not yet halfway through the season which team do you think of the yankees and the jays is better is more likely to uh you know win it get in just end up on top of the other
3: well the yankees to me are are an interesting study i i think i have to put it in context a, a, a completely healthy yankee ball club i'll take over the blue jays but that's a big if you know, I've been paying closer attention since Aaron took over that ball club. And it just seems like, speaking of health and DeGrom, they can't stay healthy. You're missing Aaron Judge now. He ran into the fence. Right. Stanton's missed six weeks. Uh, you know, Donaldson just got back for the first time. Rodon, their big offseason acquisition, hasn't thrown it inning. Severino just came back, looked great, got shelled his last time out. Cole at the top of the rotation has been the only constant. he stayed He stayed healthy. Uh, So if if Nestor Cortez just went on the I.L., Luizaga, a huge part of that bullpen, has been hurt. He's on the 60-day. So that being said, I mean, if you have Cole, Severino, Cortez, Rodon, Herman finishing out that staff, and Luizaga healthy in the pen, I'll take the Yankees all day. But I can't count on that at this stage. I think it's a battle right now. Blue Jays, obviously, offensively one of the top offenses in, in, in all the game. Uh, Manoa hasn't been himself from a year ago. Gossman's been everything they, they, they thought for when they signed him, and what's, what's. Stands out to me and we've been waiting for it for a long time is Berrios is starting to pitch like they expect Berrios to pitch. So he's a big part of that, that, uh, equation. Bassett. I really like Bassett. I know he's, he, he, I think he had a child recently and he's not on the roster right now, but, uh, I don't know. It's a pretty even matchup. All comes down to health. Who's healthy? The Yankees are healthy, which is a big if. I'll take the Yankees all day long. If not, I think they're pretty evenly matched.
2: Manoa is, as far as I know, relatively healthy. But you said it like he just hasn't been performing, and was pretty, you know, pretty notable here. We're following them with Buffalo being their AAA affiliate. Um, him being set down, you know, being sent to Florida to try to get right. I mean, I mean, I. Take me through, like, a, a team and even the player, like, you know, how reluctant the team would be to do that with a young star pitcher and maybe what the player's going through knowing that, you know, his performance warranted him being sent down like that.
3: Well, I think you, you look at a, a case of Manoa, uh, and, and I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but, man, he had a big year last year. He's right; He's in the Cy Young discussion all year. Huge expectations on a young man coming back. Uh, and you don't expect to be anywhere close to a position. You know, if I were to go back a year ago and say, hey, this year you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to send him out, you'd think I was crazy. But it does happen on occasion. To get to the point where they had to send him down, being on the ground floor, being in that clubhouse, as only those players, those those staff members, that manager knows what's truly going on, it had to be something pretty extreme for them to send him to, to get his, to get himself right. Because usually players of that magnitude that have that level of success, Cy Young level success, uh, usually don't get to this point a year later, but hopefully he works it out and he comes back and and he's a big part of their future going forward. Definitely something that, that, you know, it's a little more than, you know, your sophomore slump per se, but at the same time, uh, they've got, they've got plenty of guys right now doing their job, uh, keeping them afloat and keeping them close to that division. I look at that division. That's a tough division. I mean, uh, you know a lot of the the Boston Red Sox would be leading the the al Central and they 're in the basement kind of kind of not even close so that 's a real tough division this year, a uh, real talented division, maybe the class of baseball uh, and with the new setup, the way they 've set up MLB where it's they've made the schedule more even schedule you don 't have to beat each other up all year if you 've got a real great division because you're, you're not playing you know the tampa bay rays aren't playing the yankees seven times it, it's more of an even schedule so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that cracks out potentially i think mathematically four teams from that division could make the postseason which we've never seen before in, in the history of, of major league baseball
1: right it used to be 19 times a year between teams in the same yeah. division so way, way different you're right Big change yeah brett this is our second conversation if i met somebody that I knew knew baseball, uh, and to say that about you is obviously putting it very mildly, I'd want to have a conversation about Shohei Ohtani. Just like, all right, so what do you think? You know, I mean, Ohtani's such such a, a force, incredible. I wondered if you, throughout your baseball life, like, you know, knew of guys, or just how far-fetched it is for you that there could be somebody, a dominant hitter and pitcher. I and mean, We all know who Babe Ruth is but I wonder, like, in your all the people you met and played with and just, like, did you ever think that there were guys that could have done this had the system sort of allowed for it been, been, been set up to, you know, we want you to pitch, so we're going to concentrate on that. Instead, you know, make room for somebody who could excel at both.
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. I never imagined <laughs> in my wildest dreams, I used to laugh at people that can say that. You know, you could maybe the real elite elite guys could do it at a division one college level, but the big leagues, there's no way, you know, my career I went through and how hard it is to just be a hitter. Uh, and, and everything that goes into that, the preparation, the, the video, uh, what I need to do on a daily basis to stay healthy and stay on the field. Um, it's a lot. And, and couple that with playing 162 games. And I expected to play 155 every year. Yeah to tell me that one day there would be a guy not only doing that, but towing the towing the rubber every five days. And, oh, by the way, not only is he doing that, he's a number one bona fide starter, and he's a top five offensive player in the game. I'd say you're crazy. You know, I'd say, well, maybe one, you know, I don't want to outdate myself and just think nothing can ever happen. If you would have told me one day there's going to be a pitcher and a hitter, you know, the hitter's going to be a decent player, he's going to hit sixth or seventh in the lineup, and and the pitcher – he's going to spot, you know, he might give him a couple innings in the bullpen here and there. I'd say, yeah, that's possible. There, there'll be a freak athlete that comes along that would be able to do both sides of the, both sides of the ball, but to do what he's doing at the level he's doing it. Mind blowing. Never seen anything <laughs> like it. Great thing about it is I think show as humble as he comes across as being, and I think a great guy, I think he knows how special what he's doing right now really is. I can see it when he steals a base and the way the other players look at him. And he kind of gives them that wry smile like, yeah, I know <laughs> I'm doing something off the charts. But it's not in a, in a in an egotistical way or a negative way. I think it's great for the – I think his smile, when, when he steals home a year ago, he stole home in a game. I think he hit a homer, stole home, and pitched six shutout innings in the same game. Stuff not of this world. And, and a lot of us, you mentioned Babe Ruth. Uh, you know, if, if you have things named after you like Ruth-isms, uh, you know you've made it. None of us in the modern day can relate to a Babe Ruth because we weren't around to watch him play. Uh, but you hear the stories, the legend. We're seeing it in real time right now with Shohei Otani. I was a huge proponent for him a year ago. Love Aaron Judge. I think he's one of the best players in, in the world. But a year ago, Aaron Judge won the MVP. I was one of the few detractors that I said, I don't care how good of a year Aaron Judge had, you can't discount with Shoei Otani. And just because he won it the year before, you got to give it to him again. He should have won the MVP (laughs) a year ago. He should have won it two years ago. He should win it this year. And every year that he stays healthy and produces, even close to the level he's doing right now, he should win the MVP every single year because he's most valuable. He's two players in one.
1: Right. I love that point about the smile. Bulldog, and I, we have Josh Allen. Josh Allen does that, like he'll he'll make a play. He'll jump over a guy. He had that one. Uh, was that Miami Bulldog? No, it doesn't matter. Not to waste your time, Brett. But Allen made a throw last year, and he put that that exact smile on his face. Like I know, <laughs> you know what? I know. I just,
2: I just did that. <laughs> I know. I did that. <laughs> and it can it's it cool can to, get
1: it's cool to see. It is. It can get t- cocky, you know. Like it's subjective. But when Aaron Rodgers does it, I'm like, all right, come on, just. Uh, settle down. But yeah, I'd like, i like well, that. Right.
3: It's the difference of Aaron Rodgers or a Barry Bonds doing it. It's like, yeah, Barry, <laughs> I hate your guts because you're so much better than the rest of us, but it's not endearing right now. I yes. respect the heck out of you. It, it, the greatest player I've ever seen, but but I didn't like when he gave me that smile because I knew he knew and I had no re, retort for it. Cause it's like, he's right. But what I hate, <laughs> the that he's right. You look at Joey and, it, and it's a different, it's like, he, he he almost wants to pinch himself. Like, I can't even believe I'm doing it at this level, but it's really fun and it's cool. Uh, but something about him, it, it makes it, you know, he could be the cover of Major League Baseball with that smile on his face and, and everybody would love it. He's got one of those personalities. He's got that way about him. I think he's great for the game of baseball. I'd be scared to death going into his free agent year being an owner on all the other teams cuz you know there's going to be a bidding war. I don't think it's going to come down to how much money he makes. The numbers going to be there, 500, 600 million whatever it may be. I would be scared to death that how long can he keep this up? Yeah. Hey, if I'm going to shell out 5-600 million dollars to the poster ch- poster boy of major league baseball, what am I going to get for my return? I, I I just I just think as fans we should enjoy what we're seeing right now because we may never see it again in our in our lifetimes we may but we may not just enjoy what we've got right now but just as a as a fan and kind of a pessimist I think how much longer can this really last can he can he stay healthy and continue to do this for that much longer I'd be scared as a as a major league GM or a franchise because it's like. Yeah, as long as I know I'm getting this, he's worth every penny of $600 million. Would this really be true that he could do this for another five, six, seven years? Time will tell. I hope he does. I think he's unbelievable for the game of baseball.
2: Well, you really got me thinking about whether or not at some point as his career goes on, even without an injury impeding, uh, you know, ch- changing the landscape for him, whether a team that ultimately signs him, like whether it's the Angels or some other team, might – reduce him to you know you're this valuable as a hitter or as a pitcher let's minimize wear and tear and have you concentrate on one or the other rather than continue to do both i'm not even to is, see that but i wonder
3: right but the thing is you know as a let's say you're an evaluator and you're and you're watching him. i watch him some days hit and i i laugh i'm like you know he's such a big people don't realize how big he is he's he's a monster He's six four, six five. And put together, can run like the wind. Got line to line, big time power. And I watch him hit, and I think he can change the game uh, at the plate. And then I'll watch him two days later. He's on the mound, and he's throwing a hundred. He's throwing an eighty eight mile an hour slider. He's hitting his spots, making guys look silly. And I'm thinking, I, I can't choose. Which one do I want? <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad I got both of them right now. You know, good buddy of mine, Phil Nevin, he's taking over that Angel Ball Club. I've talked to him about him. And Phil's a pretty opinionated guy. He'll tell it like it is. And I'll, I'll call Phil and I'll go, what's it like watching every day? Because I watch, you know, I catch it when I can. He, he just doesn't even have any words for me. He's like, Booney, it's, it's unbelievable. That, said, I can't believe what I see on a daily basis.
1: That's a guy who was an elite prospect, too, saying that in, uh, in Nevin. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Brett, great conversation. Thanks. We'll talk to you in a month.
3: You got it, guys.
1: Thank you. Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original. Make sure to follow the Brett Boone Podcast on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.